Hello everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is June 9th, 2016. On Monday, after six days of wandering the woods, a seven-year-old boy was discovered. This is pretty big news here in Japan. There are lots of bears roaming in the forest of Hokkaido. Apparently the parents were disciplining the child. This is kind of a, a strange thing to have happened. It created a big controversy here. Actually, a lot of people just gave up on the kid six days. They thought he was, uh, he was a goner. Well, they, the story ended up a much happier story than anyone could have possibly imagined. After the child disappeared, after being left in the forest by his parents as a disciplinary measure. He, well, he was he, throwing rocks or something. He was, he was, he was being a bad boy. Uh, but when they left him behind, they drove off. When they came back, he was gone. Everyone thought that this was going to be a story that ends up in tragedy or possibly that this was in fact a cover up for homicide right. anyway. But it turned out it was um, a miraculous story with, it, with this young man finding a place to sleep, mm -hmm. uh, which was an abandoned SDF training area. Well, it's not abandoned. It was just not occupied at the time he was there. So he had running water that was clean water and he just lived there without food for six days. He wandered quite a distance though, didn't he? Yeah, it's only, a, it's quite a distance possibly, but it, it was clearly outside the zone where they thought they would find him. And that was the issue. They, there were hundreds of searches. Hundreds of people mobil, mobilized, even the SDF, the Self-Defense Forces contributed a contingent of soldiers there to look through the area. They couldn't find him. Yeah, and they managed to miss in their own training area, finding him. after when they had actually had people going through that area during the time he was there. Nevertheless, he was found by accident by someone who found a door ajar uh, that should not have been open and then found him there and asked him, are you the child that's been missing? I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, my name is, and, and it all worked Tanoka. out. Tanoka, yeah, is your name Tanoka? Yeah, yes. and, and it all worked out. Right. Now, but the, the, the issue though is the debate about discipline and children mm -hmm. that has broken out. and. There, is, there are two sides. There is a strong wish to have children that are well-disciplined. And many people do indeed just walk away from their kids and, and, and their, the child is screaming and the parent just walks away and then comes up back and grabs the child or the child follows and feels contrite and, and everything works out. So there is a, that side of it. But also, there are a lot of people who say, what kind of parents are these and what's going to happen? What, what is the, the government going to do when faced with this mm -hmm. issue? Uh, yes, they can temporary, temporarily and did temporarily hold on to the child in, in a, a hospital environment, but he's Protective been released. services. Yeah, right. he's, been, he's been released to his family and has gone home. Right. His father publicly apologized. In a press briefing. Yes, well, for, to, for all the trouble that he caused the school and everyone else, I think he needs to talk apologetically to his son. Well, I think that, he did. His son accept graciously. Uh, he, <laughs> I think it's going to be a long-term conversation in that family. Right. But nevertheless, when people behave in this manner, what is the responsibility of the state? What is the responsibility of the people who, are, who finally find the children, where do you draw the line? And that is an interesting debate that's probably going to go on for some time. Mm -hmm. uh, the story ended up happily, which is wonderful, which means that the debate can now shift to, it could have been 
a disaster. And there are probably cases of missing children who actually were abandoned by their parents and that this is going to open in some places cans of worms or cases that were otherwise cold. Uh, nevertheless, uh, as a personal, my personal sense of this is, will it change Japanese society? Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, because this has been a really, it was a national obsession right. for this, the week that he was gone. It really was. I mean, people really just jumped to the, the most negative conclusion. And probably they did that because every once in a while, we hear about just horrendous uh, crime reports of people getting killed, chopped up. They find pieces in a in a, a suitcase, and it, it's a mother or a father, and it's just just really some crazy things going on. Also, there has been a, a long term focus on increasingly on child abuse and child neglect, mm -hmm. and the the role of the state, let's say even twenty years ago, was much more hands off. Hands off. Right. Children are the responsibility of the parents. The parents have autonomy. Much more nowadays, the responsibility to protect that teachers have, daycare center workers mm -hmm. have, that, to really that bureaucrats hazard. have inside yeah. ward offices, etc. Right. that has burgeoned. And it's one of the things that now bureaucrats really pay attention to. It's a part of a, a really a, a major shift that, that's happened, really accelerated over the last decade. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about child abuse, it's about stalking, where, whereas in the past the police said, well, you know, just tell the, tell the guy to leave you alone. Right. Now they get really, really involved into these issues. And this case was one of these situations where there were no previous incidents, and there was nothing to judge the parents on as being abusive, but there was this extraordinary event. Right. And, and it, it's going to lead to some questions about, okay, you know, what's prosecutable? What should be uh, grounds for you know, conduct that, that is unforgivable mm -hmm. you know, for parents to do? And that's going to be an interesting debate inside this larger societal movement, which is getting the state more and more involved inside the family. One of the reasons why I want to talk about this on Tokyo on Fire is because of the, the kind of implications of, of corporal punishment. And it used to be in, in Japan, not, not in the so distant past, that you would see corporal punishment being applied by teachers to students or by parents, you know, a slap on the head or, or a, a smack or something like that. And you see very, very little of that these days. And it probably is because, I don't know, maybe the preciousness of children has really risen in, in value. And um, maybe it is just this application in the absence of corporal punishment. Let's use something psychological. I'm going to leave you by the side of the road and there are bears in the woods and you better do what I tell you to do. And it's reflected somehow in a larger corporate society where Ijime, the um, punishment of, of colleagues through psychological means. You know? Isolation and being left alone. That's right. And that seems to be the more prominent tool for um, coercing people to do what you want them to do rather than through some sort of physical means. Yeah, that's tr it's very true that the, the right of physical punishment the, uh, has been diminishing. It's certainly no longer a, a, a right, uh, except in some school districts, mm -hmm. that there can be physical punishment. And that basically due to sports clubs. 
in high schools and middle schools where coaches were using physical punishment in order to toughen up their players, right. and that became unacceptable over the last mm -hmm. two decades. Well, there have been some really big cases where Olympic athletes have actually, in coaching, uh, their teams have been... The women's, the, the really women's judo team. Mm -hmm. That was a, a classic case of where it is a combat sport, mm -hmm. and yet, no, you went too far. Right. And you're right. This alternate form of punishment, rather than physical striking isolation, is probably seen as, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a part of, I've, I've lost that part of the toolbox. What else, what, what what's in I the do? bag? What else can I do? Yeah. And that's very, that, and that is going to be part of the discussion. You know, what can parents do to discipline unruly children? Because unruly children have to be mm -hmm. disciplined in some way. It's for their good and it's for the good of society. And parents are feeling uh, caught, you know, in this decision. I, I can't struck my child because everybody's going to think I'm an abusive parent. But if I let the child just go wild, they'll think I'm not a parent at all. Right. Well, doesn't this kind of bleed out into other parts of society? For example, toughening up the SDF so that they can be a marine expeditionary force, for example, or doing push-ups and pull-ups and, and crawling through the jungle and, and recapturing that, that fighting spirit that the Japanese were so famous for that's been pretty much extinguished from, from basically uh, the, the fighting society. But also more to the point, um, if you've lived in Japan any length of time, you always are, are so curious that you never see fights, you never see fisticuffs, but you do see people get into arguments and they're kind of, they rub up against each other, but they don't apply physical violence. And it seems to be that is the one mortal sin. If you get into a fight and actually you do lay a hand on somebody, by definition, you are the guilty party. That's very true, and it's certainly true in the way the police practice mm -hmm. their uh, the application of their laws. And that if you get to the level of physical violence, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. It doesn't matter who started it or any of that. It's it's you know where where did the violence come from? And if you use violence, you're out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Again, that applies to this situation where the parents, in trying to discipline or in try to teach a lesson, right. Uh, drove away and left him behind instead of smacking him around until he stopped. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a very tough line. It's going to be a, a big discussion here, but it, we're having it in a very positive light. Sure. It turned out okay. Is this some suggestion? I mean, people have said this before, that Japan is something of a nanny state. I mean, the, the parents... And the, the way they run corporations, the way they apply discipline, the way they, they get things done internally is basically dictated by, you know, a hands-off but psychological approach. I can't really say that that has anything to do with the present situation. All I know is that everyone is relieved. Uh, the general sense throughout the society is relief. But there is a huge divide between are the parents utterly reprehensible all right. Or are they just lucky? A seven-year-old boy was found after six days of wandering in the forest in Hokkaido. The debate, the national debate on toughening up kids and disciplining them continues. We'll continue to watch this. You should too. Welcome back. The continuing investigation of Tokyo Governor Matsuzoi's use of political funds for personal use has reached something of a crescendo. Michael, he was on the hot seat all day yesterday at the Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly. You watched that? You think he's got legs? 
I'm afraid that it looks like that we're nearing the end. It does. Uh, it looks really bad for him. He had to endure hours and hours of people telling everyone, and there were members of the public there, and of course the cameras, what a terrible human being he is. Mm -hmm. Now, his crimes, so to speak, are not crimes. They're not prosecutable. He had, over this time period, lawyers. He hired two very prominent investigative lawyers to look into his charges that he put on the accounts of his political funds for things that you would normally pay for out of your own pocket. And they came out of that with a very interesting phrase. Not illegal, but inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Inappropriate was something we were discussing, and we've been discussing since this scandal broke. Whether Did he break any laws? No. Is what he did stupid? Yes. It has been devastating in terms of his personal popularity, and now he's facing the questioning of the Metropolitan Assembly. Now, the Metropolitan Assembly can censure him and condemn him and say that they have no confidence in him. If they do so, we might even have, God forbid, a, an election for governor at the same time that we have the House of Counselors election. And wow, is that a can of worms. The political ramifications of this one, we've, we've discussed that before, and I predicted that it's just going to be a horrible brouhaha. You thought that perhaps they would hold back on it. And to your to your credit, it seemed like some people in the LDP were also saying, you know, it's not illegal. What he did was maybe not proper, but it's okay. He's okay. We don't want to go through another election. Let's hold off on that. It seems like that, that tide has actually turned, though, over the last couple of days. In particular, yesterday, I think the performance was, was pretty revealing. I mean, they blew up the, I mean, to, to a huge uh, size the receipts that he used for hotels, for whining and dining, that sort of thing. And that when they did that, but they do that all the time in, 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 in these kinds of situations, they do want to make a point so that the cameras can see them. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, there still is a great deal of reticence in the ruling coalition on pushing Masazoi out. Right. The first thing is that he is <laughs> their choice. He was the one that they chose to support in the last governor's election. It was not... They held their nose. They, it was a grudging choice. Right. They did not want to, but they couldn't field their own candidate. Mm -hmm. And they coalesced around Masazoi, who had his problems. Well, he's been all right for a few months. Usually this kind of thing, you can sweep it under the rug. Nobody's really investigating too much. And it's, none of it's illegal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why is it a problem? It's unfortunately, okay, the political funds are not funds that he himself collected, for example, from donors. We had... Just this past week, Amari Akira, mm -hmm. who was forced out for improperly accepting donations from his cabinet post. And the prosecutors looked through it and they found, well, yes, he got cash. He put it directly into his pocket, but he didn't do anything for the donor. There was no bribery because no there, no, there was no tit for tat. It was right. a cash for no favors, no scandal. Mm -hmm. You can get away with that, okay? Right. And also, he's not a generally disliked individual. Yeah. So if you're if you're not if it's not illegal, it should be okay. But in this case, the money was not from donors. It was money that came to him because he's a, was the head of a party, mm -hmm. and the parties receive cash from the government, i.e., from the taxpayer. 
in order to do political activities. And when you start putting on your receipts as political activities, stays at high, high class hotels, which is basically you and your family staying at the hotel over New Year's. If you start putting French restaurants or tempura restaurants in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. and you put that down as political action, when it was just you and your family plus one, let's say, person from the, from the neighborhood, you're pushing it, right. and you're pushing it way past any, where anyone would prudently go. And he has unfortunately said, I'm willing to pay the money back. Well, it means that he knows that he's blown right. it, right? Of course, it shows contrition, which is very important in Japanese society. We, and we, we always have, when something goes wrong, the, the press conference, and they solemnly say, you know, no. we are so very sorry, and they get up and bow, or sometimes they even get on their knees on front of the table and, and make their very public act of contrition. But sorry, uh, the, the range of things that he would put on these public accounts, the money was no longer, okay, it's not like he's, he's a bureaucrat that's using a, a bank account for the government. The money was given to his party and what he did for it with it is, was, was his party's business. Mm -hmm. Well, he left the party and he took the cash with him uh, and then put it down as political activities, things like buying art on the internet. When did he Go leave the party? He left the LDP yeah, but before then he, he was... Then he, then he had the new Renaissance party. Right. And that, that party got money and when just as he was leaving, he emptied all of its accounts, and then left the party. Uh, and that's, he's not the first to do that. Lots of those who have fled parties have emptied the, the, the accounts. Uh, that, the fight over the accounts was what caused the, uh, the big brouhaha inside the JIP, the right. Japan Innovation Party, where they had the, uh, the rump, the, the non-Hashimoto group, had control of the Incon that controlled the bank account. Right. And that was in Tokyo, and the people they, in Osaka yeah, were saying the people in Osaka were losing their minds, sure. thinking that they that that this bunch of crooks had walked away with the party's money. This okay. is very common. Okay. Okay. Again, just because other people do it, mm -hmm. and everybody who's in the diet, one of the reasons why they're so reticent to really push hard in the LDP is because all of them do this. Mm. Maybe not to the extent that Masazoe did, but everybody has shady uses of public funds for personal gain. Well, the real danger with this particular scandal, um, when it first broke, I was kind of supporting the governor because, of course, he's going to travel in luxury. He's going to travel first class. He's going to be at the penthouse. He represents the city, the metropolis of Tokyo. And the metropolis of Tokyo both can afford it and should put on a good show. Right. So wherever he goes, he's representing all of us. But it went three weeks and all of a sudden, other uh, receipts were coming out. The pajamas came out last week. And this week, you know, he's thrown into uh, the receipts dinner parties that he had, you know, even before he became governor. So it's looking really, really uh, kind of slimy for him. The problem is, is that the Abe administration absolutely does not want anything to interfere with the House of Councillors election. And this yes. is really very delicate, dicey isn't it? Yes, it because is. Because if he does not, okay, this is becoming really dicey. Because if he does not survive, there has to be a, a by-election selecting 
his successor. The time is so tight, isn't it? I mean, the elections for the upper house, half of the upper house will be in on the 22nd. It's a thir- yeah, it's, 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 it's less than a month away. And suddenly we have this crisis where the, the choice of the LDP and the Cometo mm-hmm. is, is not viable. But there's no one that can tell him to go. That's there, right. That, there, I mean, that's another difference in the complexity here that with Inose, uh, less than two years ago, he was actually asked by a, his a fatherly per- figure. Yeah, his, 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 the person who had anointed him and put him in there, which was former governor, the immediate former governor, Ishihara Shintaro, he could go to Inose and say, it's over. Yes. Okay. Yes, you didn't break any laws. Yes, uh, everyone understands that. Take a name. But you got to go. Right. And he did. And he did. Masazoi is an independent actor and as, is famously abrasive. He sure is. And right. famously stubborn. And, okay, he looked beat yesterday after the hours and hours of going up to the microphone and saying, I've, I understand that this is not a good thing to do. It's not illegal. I'm reflecting. I'm cl- seriously thinking of th- this crazy idea that he has that somehow selling his second selling home, his second home will, yes. will redeem him or in some way. That, that, I, I, again, He's he, just pulling things out of the hat. Right. Yeah. That's, but that is that when that's happening right in that space mm-hmm. of the Metropolitan Assembly. Once that's over, and it, they're not going to keep doing it, right? Once that period of time ends, he is really committed to defending not the rightness of what he did, but the fact that it was not illegal, mm-hmm. you know, and that he shouldn't be forced out. And he, there's an argument there, you know, should two of the governors of what is essentially the world's wealthiest city uh, be forced out? in such a short amount of time while in office, what kind of precedent does that yeah. set? And he can, he can argue that. He says, I, you know, I realize I am not the perfect person, but we can't have the city constantly going through governor after governor. You know, he can make that point. Sure. I think that um, the, the machinery of state, the, the Tokyo metropolitan government, is going to eventually be so jammed up that they're not really going to be able to be effective and he will have to, he will have to step down. So we're, I, and, so we're and, looking and, at the twilight right now, right? And but that window of opportunity—if that doesn't happen within the next, you know, week or so—now, now we're into the upper house election. It really shouldn't, couldn't, must not happen during that period because all of the focus needs to be on the upper house election. Yeah, and they're already the, the immediately after the diet was closed on the June the first. The politicking started. You, the speeches mm-hmm. started. People started going all out into the hinterlands. The 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 members of the diet they're not you know they're out in their mm-hmm. districts right now pushing hard, and now there's this crisis in Tokyo mm-hmm. that is n- not being handled. That is not going to get better, and it's just a mess. Masazoi, the Tokyo governor, is really having a hard time. The opposition camp is loaded for bear. He might have to resign in the next couple of days. Let's see if somebody leaves him out in the woods. Welcome back. The prime minister has already decided that July 10th will be the election for 50% of the upper house members. The election campaigning hasn't started, but the diet has closed down, Michael, and they will start the election campaign from the 22nd of this month. And that's going to leave just enough time to run the election 
campaign season until the election. It's real, they're pushing it really tightly and making it a very, very brief period of time for campaigning, which is, of course, always to the advantage of the incumbent. Mm-hmm. The, the longer that there's some kind of focus on the political process, the weaker probably the Abe administration will look. Right. By keeping it short, keeping it sweet, they get to the election and people say, oh wait, is there an election? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, uh, I guess I should go to vote. I w- oh, I better vote for the LDP because they're in charge. Right, they have a couple of advantages. One of them is calling the time. So he's already exercised that. The whole world knows now that 50% of the upper house will be elected on the 10th of July. And that's going to create some interesting problems that uh, normally would sink the opposition. You Normally, this brief period of time would be, make it uh, very difficult for there to be coordination, make it very difficult to be uh, ready in every district. But the thing is, there's been so much discussion of this House of Councilors election over this last, oh, almost a year, how crucial it is and how important that the disarray that we should have seen in terms of the opposition was resolved. And we saw over this past week, just after the diet was closed, mm-hmm. that they have really put together a very, very strong program. And, it, and it's not just the, the four parties that are the, led by the, the Democratic Party with the Socialists, the Livelihood Party, and then the Communists. This four-party group has reached out to the uh, public, the civil society groups that have been protesting the securities legislation and brought them into a vast coalition. Right. And then you have, of course, Rengel, the, the labor unions, which normally supports DP. They've been brought on board, and that's really something because they really dislike the Communist Party. Uh, so it's it's a they've managed to coordinate not only in terms of some basic policies they're all they all agree that the Henneco base at in Okinawa should not the construction there should stop they all agree that Japan should have as a goal a nuclear power plant free future they they have a whole bunch of basic issues where they're basically aligned despite mm-hmm. the fact they're they're not running as a coalition. They're just running as separate entities working together. And they've managed to put together a slate of joint candidates for every single seat district. Unbelievable. They they've put it. They've got themselves ready. Now, well, I guess the the, the argument now for a short season is okay. Everybody's ready. Let's just get it done. Sure. Sure. The prime minister closed the the diet uh, this time last week. They will start election campaigning in less than two weeks. There's a lot of space here for funny business to occur. And then once they got on to the elections, it's, it's all everyone for their own. Let's, let's not oversell this idea that nothing happens until the 22nd. Absolutely. Uh, because let's face it, the moment the diet shut down, or mm-hmm. even for the few weeks before the diet was shut down, a lot when, of fireworks. When, le- when legislation completely ground to a halt and the LDP and the Komeito said, okay, over this last three weeks, we'll debate two bills and that's it. That kind of Pulling back has opened up a lot of spaces. I mean, I follow the Twitter feeds of a lot of the the various politicians, and they're never in Tokyo or Mm -hmm. in their home districts. They've been all over the place trying to prepare for this fight. So they've been doing election campaigning for quite some time. And yes, there's an official date when the election campaign 
is on and certain rules kick in, certain rules regarding the kinds of posters you can use. Certain the sound rules, trucks. Sound trucks right. you can use. The, the, the way that you can alter or not alter your website. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of rules that kick in during this so-called election season. But don't be fooled. Electioneering is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Well, some people would say that the last diet session could be characterized as just really irresponsible. They went through the summer with the security legislation. They bulldozed that through. And now, up until the time that the prime minister closed the diet, they didn't really pass any significant bills, even though there's lots of them waiting in, in line. Well, the thing is, what the government seems to have done is completely stop acting as a legislative branch, though at least the legislative branch didn't do anything. Instead, we had executive branch actions right. by Mr. Abe and his colleagues that we had just plan after plan after plan being kicked out by all these councils that surround the prime minister, talking about the 600 trillion yen economy, talking about creating a society where there are enough daycare spaces for all women who want to work to be able to put their children in daycare and all people who need elder care or, or, or day services for, for an ill person have them. They, More they, children. Uh, they, they have just been kicking out all kinds of plans and plots mm -hmm. uh, that are going to all be wonderful if you vote for us. And the actual functional, you know, the real work of government, government ground to a halt. Instead, it's all been propaganda and, and uh, let's face it, PR. Okay, so what's the fight going to be about? I think the Japanese population has a reason to be kind of up to here with the LDP. You were supposed to pass legislation. You were supposed to make life easier. Abinomics was supposed to work. It hasn't. What are we going to do about that? That's, that's, the, that's the reasonable response. But unfortunately, campaigns are not necessarily run on reasonable grounds. In mm -hmm. this case, is there a viable alternative? Now, the parties, the four-party group says, yes, there is. We are that alternative. Yes, we, and here's what we, 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 we've want, collected. we want to do. Right. And, and they are down the line. The thing, all the main proposals that the, the four-party group has offered are directly, it's like they go look at the public opinion polls and they say, that's what the public wants. Mm -hmm. That's what the public wants. And they, they look at the percentages and they always pick what the majority of Japanese citizens want in regards to right. all kinds of different uh, matters, whether it's security, whether it's energy policy, whether it's social policy, they have, they have the program. Are we going to see some manifesto? Oh, they, they've, they have, the, the first manifesto was released yesterday by the extreme right-wing and completely hopeless Japan Heart Party, the Nihon no Kokoro, that, that's their actual name. Uh, and they, they made it very clear that they were putting out their manifesto first in order to get on the news first because they what else did they have, have to do? <laughs> and uh, their their proposals were, you know, oh, incre incre increase patriotism, mm -hmm. increase the defense budget, and all that stuff. That okay, that they're going to say anyway. But yeah, we're going to see manifestos. But the the in the case of the four party group, they have already put out with along with the civil society groups a basic program and. I don't think they're going to be too enthusiastic about fleshing out the rest of what they're doing on a party-by-party -party basis because that opens up the questions from the journalists. Excuse me, the communists want to do this, right. but you say you want to do that. How are you going to 
to work that out. And don't you know the LDP is just going to exploit that? Oh, there certainly will. So I think there are going to be a lot of generalities being floated around, Mm -hmm. whereas the LDP is being very precise about all kinds of goals. Some would say too many goals for what they're trying to do and presenting that we're going to do big bone reforms. We're going TPP. to we're going to push TPP. That's one of the re, that's one of the, the the DPJ, the Democratic Party of Japan. Its government actually said, agreed that they're going that Japan is going to be a participant in, in TPP. Now the Democratic Party, it's against the TPP, in order to be in line with the other four parties. Mm-hmm. In and the communists are dead set against TPP, so they've put themselves in line in order to get into electoral mode. But the LDP is sticking with TPP, even though with the United States election going the way it is, we're probably not going to see TPP being ratified by the United States, which put, makes the whole effort pointless. We've seen that before, though, haven't we? Uh, but Sure, we, but in this case, it's going to become, it's part of the election here, pro versus anti-TPP. And Let's admit that it's been not well sold by the government. And the arguments that are put forth, particularly by the communists, Mm -hmm. who have made, I think, significant gains in rural votes with their virulent and constant condemnation of TPP. That is, from day one, there was no ambiguity. Right. You know, in the case of the LDP, there are some members that are for it, some members that are against it. The The DP has switched from pro upon. The the they the communists have been straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know we are against it, and that's been a great selling point for them. This is going to be working out. It's going to be very. The, the, uh, there is not much time, admittedly, when the campaign season starts, starting on the twenty second, for journalists to point out these discrepancies, these sh- these little fiddles that you've mm-hmm. done, or big fiddles. That's part of the game. It's really going to be an active time between now and July 10th, and I think there's going to be a lot of action. Let's say the LDP still comes out on top. The prime minister has set his sights low. I'm going to win half of the available seats. He's probably going to get that even if he doesn't really campaign very hard. Yeah, I think I think a, a, a set of mannequins with LDP stamped on them would get 61 seats. Okay. Yeah. After the election... Is it necessary for the prime minister to have a reshuffling of the cabinet? He can continue on with the cabinet that he has in place, right? He could, and it it would certainly, again, set a a precedent. But most likely, because he will have led the LDP to a victory, victory, there will be changes expected. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes no sense in some ways. You know, if the team that worked so well uh, got us here... Why should we change the team? But nevertheless, there is a sense that you have achieved something, you have a free hand, right. uh, go for it. But there's also a, a, a parceling out of, of uh, ministerial seats for people who really collected a lot of votes, who did extremely well in the election. And those people, I mean, there are a lot of people that are standing in line waiting for their post to come up because they've been elected or reelected five or six times. It's time for them too. Yeah, there's a certain sense within LDP politics that when you have, when you're in, under stress, that's when you stay tight, you stay tight, and you don't go through this rotation after rotation behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, when if they do as well as they're projected to do, they will be absolutely 
in a magnanimous position. They could, they, they will be absolutely able to to grant any wish because they will be unchallengeable. At that point, the internal dynamics of the LDB changes, and they start saying, "Okay, we've gotten past the mountain. Right. Let's fix some of the things that were irritating us before. before we got our, here. our interpersonal relationships that exactly. are so important. That's what I wanted to yeah, ask your opinion. Yeah, that, that's certainly going to pl- come into play after the July 10th results come out. That there's going to have to be a reshuffle, even though the team that got us here mm-hmm. should be rewarded. Yes, but the team is the entire party, right. not just the cabinet. And that, that's where there's going to be movement from people who've been waiting for so long to get a cabinet post. They waited since before 2009, the DPJ came into power. So the natural rotation of all these persons who are in mid-career didn't happen then. And then we've had a very stable cabinet since Abe's return in 2012, very few changes. They've been waiting. And once this big election's done, they're going to want their share. A fierce fight is brewing indeed. Election campaigning starts in less than two weeks. The election will be called on the 10th of July. You can expect lots of fireworks. Welcome back. Okinawa is always a hot spot when we talk about it on Tokyo on Fire. It is in the news now, and it's big. Michael, if you're a sailor in Okinawa or anywhere in Japan, you are not allowed to drink. This amazing order that came down for the entire U.S. Navy here in, in Japan. No alcohol sales and no traveling outside of the base for anything other than absolutely mandatory or absolutely necessary purposes. You have to go to the gas station to get gas, it's okay. You wanna go to the beach, no. Mm -hmm. The complete shutdown after a series of crimes have really damaged the image of the United States and the United States Navy and all US service persons serving here. It has been an amazing week. It's not quite an act of contrition for the murder of the girl from the uh, service worker okay, in that was, Okinawa. Okay, let's make clear. That was by a, re- a retired service worker. So it's not someone who, he was working on the base as a civilian. So right. it's, it's, it's not a direct connect to them, but in, indeed to another issue, which was a traffic accident. Right, by an officer who was drinking and driving. That's right, a, a, a young woman, a petty officer, was drinking off base, drove, got in her car, and there was a multiple car injury accident because of her drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Right after the, this murder that had took place by a civilian employee, and a, just and most recently, there's been the confession of a a rape that took place several months ago. The the courts got the confession from a U.S. sailor. This concatenation of of events has pushed the brass at the DOD in, in, in Washington to say something has to happen because we're losing control of the situation right. over there. And they have lost control. They've completely lost control of the narrative. And the, the persons who have benefited the most have been the anti-base faction in Okinawa politics. And they just had an election and it looks like the governor is back in the driver's seat. It's not only back in the driver's seat, he's got his foot on the metal. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he's, he's really pushing down because he his, his group, Increase the number of seats it, it controls in the in the uh, assembly, and the persons who are 
committed, the members of, the, of that assembly who are committed to abolition of all bases has increased, the, okay, there are 48 seats in the assembly for Okinawa. 31 are now held by anti-base activists slash politicians. It, there is a huge majority there, and it increased in size thanks to this election. The crimes that have taken place over the last few days and weeks have really changed the dynamic. And whereas the governor was having a, a bit of a shaky a, a, a time when, yes, he was popularly elected, but his fight with the, the national government over the Henoko base was weakening him. It looks as though uh, crimes by U.S. service persons and retired service persons have delivered a, a stunning blow to any plans that the national government might have to go forward with Henoko. You know, isn't it interesting when we watch these these developments, how quickly the, the, the tide can change? And it was just two weeks ago that the president, United States President Barack Obama was in Hiroshima. He made a, a terrific speech. And um, this was clouded by the, the arrest of the off-base, off-service uh, worker uh, and the murder. He's been arrested under questioning by the Japanese police. Well, he's, okay, he has not been arrested. He, that's, we should really clarify how Japanese police handle investigations. Well, first of all, before that, he's not under SOFA. Which is another part of the discussion, but he 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 both is and isn't. Mm. Okay, and in order to deal with anger about the, the status of forces agreements, SOFA, uh, the Abe administration has gone forward and said we're going to open it up to discussions, which the United States government never wants to do. Sure. And but Mr. Abe has felt pressed in this situation that. I need to say something. Mm -hmm. And even though this proposal that he's made will go nowhere, uh, it's he's ha he's thrown it out. I guess he can he thinks he can take the the political heat when he when does the Americans say no. No, when right. the Americans say that not, it's not going to happen. Now let's go back to this issue of arrest, not arrest. Okay, he was picked up, and he was put in jail as a suspect. As a suspect. And he was preliminarily charged with what they always charge possible murder suspects with, which is disposal of a dead body in an illegal way. Mm -hmm. That gets them into the, the, the cell, into isolation, and into interrogation for lengthy periods of time until they can get enough information to either arrest them on a different crime or a, con a confession of the crime itself. That now he has he has gone through that process. There, they've now moved on to charging him with murder, uh, which will give them another twenty three days to give a get a confession. Because they've arrested him again, the clock starts. The once clock again. starts again, and even if after twenty three days they don't get a confession out of him, and they do want a confession, prosecutors mm -hmm. don't want to prove anything based on evidence. That's not the way Japanese prosecutors work. We want a confession we want a from confession. your mouth that you, you did signed it. it. We don't have to present much in the way of evidence. This is, process will go very quickly. He signed the document. You signed the document, you know, you, you, you admit that you did it. Our job is made easier. This whole process is very much simpler. Just do it. They, that's the way they operate. That's the way they want to operate in this mm -hmm. instance. And if after 23 days they don't get that confession, that doesn't mean he goes free on habeas corpus does not happen because the judge in the case 
based on the heinousness of the crime and the crime that has been described, fits those criteria, can extend. Right. Even though he has not formally been charged with the crime itself. For the benefit of viewers who might not know, let's just talk a little bit about the, the restrictions or the ability of the Japanese police. And this is nationwide, and it's for any crime that you might be suspected of. They don't have to physically arrest you. They can put you in observation, and you are um, incommunicado. That's you can, right. You, you can you, talk you're, with you're, a lawyer every once in a while throughout the day. And it's but only it's limited, and it's through the plate glass. And it's and, and it's and it's okay. You, that's the the lawyer is the only person you can talk to. You don't get visitation by anyone else. You're and the lawyer is not with you when you're being interrogated. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. And it's only been in the last two years that there has been a requirement that there be a video record of what was done in the interrogation. Well, room. only under certain heinous crimes. It does it, it's not across the board. It's not across the board. But nevertheless, until now, there's been no requirement that there be any record right. of what they say, what they offer, whether how they, you know, there's, there, there's no such thing as Miranda rights. You, you have the right to remain silent. Yes, you do have the right to remain silent, but they don't encourage you. Right. You don't have any rights when you're behind that plexiglass uh, wall. Unless you come in with the mental stability and the mental strength to say, I will say nothing. Well, it's, And it, they will keep sure. at you for 23 days, morning till night, under bright lights. They don't turn the lights off. They don't, if it's in the middle of winter, they don't turn the heater on. If it's the middle of summer, they don't let you have air conditioning to get you to that point. Right. It is, it is a form of, you know, waterboarding. It it's, is, a, it's, a, it's a form of enhanced interrogation. Yes. Okay. And they do employ it. And unsurprisingly, they get the confessions. Mm -hmm. And 98% of the time, they, they get, get a, a conviction. conviction. That's right. So the point here is, if you are ever uh, captured by the Japanese police, you know, be clean, be straight, don't get arrested, don't fall into that plexiglass room. Well, don't, whatever you do, don't get, well, you're, if you ever, by some very poor chance, uh, get involved with the police force, understand it's not about justice, mm -hmm. and don't start arguing because you're on, on the road. Right. To, to, and, and it's clear that this person, the, the, and in this case I'm speaking of the murder suspect, got talking and was conjoled into talking way too much and has completely set himself up for not, it's a, a one-time murder and it is heinous, but Normally, that you, you persons who have killed only once do not get the death penalty in Japan, but it's possible. I mm -hmm. mean, there are have been recent executions. This one was absolutely huge. The yeah. impact of every one is, I'm sure, just yeah. So, but, but the the likelihood that he'll get the death penalty is very actually less than uh, I would say for it, had a Japanese done this crime mm -hmm. because uh, there is this question. He is an African American. Uh, though he goes, he's not, he doesn't seem to be naturalized, but he has the, his wife's last name. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a, a situation where they, the prosecutors would get pressure from politicians, don't push on this one, right. you know, go for life in prison what, without parole, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, not that there's parole here either. Right. Life <laughs> in a Japanese prison must be pretty tough. Yeah, but uh, that's... That the issue of, of 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 his appearance and his being an, an American actually is in this case to his favor mm -hmm. because of the severity of what they will do 
would bring in the United States government. Now, the United States government has had to take a lot of heat. Mr. Obama, President Obama, when he was here, had to listen to very tight lip. Very had to had to ex- hear all about this case. Uh, Ambassador Kennedy has been receiving calls first about the rape case, then about the murder case, and now about the drunk uh, the drunk driving, and has had to ex- hold on the phone while being formally uh, yelled at by the foreign minister. He's doing it for theatrical purposes. She's listening for theatrical purposes, but they have to go through sure. this. The U.S. government has had a really tough time, and there's really no way in sight. So they've, what they've done is go completely overboard, mm-hmm. as, as usual, as the Navy would. They've uh, <laughs> gone completely overboard with this ban, uh, a complete total ban on alcohol. Well, they've done this sort of thing before. They've applied curfew to the, the, the fellows on base in Okinawa. They've done that on, on many yeah, but occasions. Yeah, it, but it's either a single base... Right, but it's never been nationwide, and it and it, it, let's say nationwide, it, or, all and, sailors, and you, you can't go to any bars, okay, off base, and you can't get off base anyway unless right. it's for a specific functional purpose, well, which includes going to the gym, by the mm-hmm. way. So it's not as if the criteria are incredibly high, right? But you know, if I have a gym membership, I have to leave and go to the gym. Okay, then you can go, but they're being treated like children. And they're supposed to be the defenders of Japan. Right. Well, don't you know, I mean, it doesn't just hurt the sailors. It hurts the economy of, of the bases or the, the outside uh, communities that service the bases. And can't you imagine there are probably 100,000 people that want to leave this petty officer out in the woods with the bear? I don't think so. And the, uh, the issue really is that the petty officer, and petty is really the word here, uh, got into a traffic accident. But it happens all the time. This sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, but it this, shouldn't, yes. especially since drunk driving is looked upon so fiercely in the United States. And you are visitors to this country. This doesn't belong to you. You are guests here. You are and, defending and, the country. And, and the, the alcohol level that is permissible in the blood here is it's basically zero. Zero, right. I mean, maybe trace elements from a, a cough suppressant that you took two years ago mm-hmm. is acceptable. But no. It's zero know, tolerance. It's zero tolerance. And everybody is taught that. Mm-hmm. When they come here and they serve here, and yet we had this incident, that is what gives Governor Onaga the ability to go up to Abe, and they, in their latest, they've had these face-to-face meetings based on the lawsuit over Henoko, and say, all this is happening because the bases are in Okinawa, and to which Abe can say very little. Right. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's happening to us. Because of your priorities, Mr. Abe. And silence is his response. A week sure makes a lot of difference in Tokyo politics, and it includes that going on in Okinawa as well. Keep tuned to this one. Sorry for you sailors.